And uh, I appreciate the Lord, amen, appreciate God's goodness. If you're able to stand with us this morning, Philippians chapter number 4, Philippians chapter number 4, and I ask you to pray with us and for us a few moments today. May God uh, have His will and His way uh, in the service. And I want to say there's people today that are on our heart. I want you to pray for, and I'm sure they're on your heart, not just one or two, but there's several on my heart this morning that uh, I tell you has just drifted and got away from God. And uh, we see that sometimes, uh, and let's pray for them. I'm sure you are praying for them, but it's just not one or two. That's, that's expected. But I tell you, we're living in some days when the devil is working overtime. Yeah. I had a pastor call me just this week, and he was so uh, discouraged just because of losing some folks, just to sin, no church problems. I said, brother, it's everywhere, amen. It's in this church, it's in other churches. And uh, I tell you, if you're sitting here, and you are, if you're in a good church this morning, and you've got a Bible in your hand, and you've got your home, you ought to thank God for that, amen. And uh, you better guard it, and stay in the house of God, and stay in the Word of God. And listen, if you've got some things in your life, I'm not preaching on that, and I'm not being a Pharisee, I'm not being judgmental, I'm just telling you the truth. If you think you can handle sin, you're sadly and badly mistaken. I can't handle sin. If you've got something in your life that you need to get out, get it out so you can have victory. It's not worth forfeiting your Christianity or your family or those things that are most precious as a result of it. And we're seeing that in these days. Amen. Jesus is soon coming. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4. The Bible said, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's go to God in prayer, and then you can be seated. Father, I want to thank you tonight, or this morning, for the Word of God. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your blessings upon us. Lord, you've been so good to us. And Lord, just as we've already been reminded through song that, God, that you will take care of us, that we can trust you no matter what we face in life, that, God, that you know all things and that, Lord, uh, that nothing takes you by surprise, that you're in control of all things. And I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I pray the Holy Spirit would take this message and deal with every single heart in this building, including our own today. And may you be glorified and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. I want to preach this morning on this subject out of verse number 6 on the prayer of thanksgiving. The prayer of thanksgiving. And I don't want this this morning to just be a seasonal message or something that just bypasses us this morning and say, well, it's been that time of the year and so a preacher is preaching on that subject. But I'm telling you, I prayed this morning about what God would have me preach and it just seemed like the Lord kept bringing this passage of Scripture back to my heart time and time again uh, concerning the prayer of thanksgiving. And I want you to notice in verse number 6 here just by way of introduction, I see the scope of prayer. As Paul says here, be careful for nothing, but watch this, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Paul said in everything. What is the scope of prayer this morning? The scope of prayer is that we're not just to pray about some things or a few things or even about major things or troublesome things in our life, but the Bible says we're to pray about everything. Now, I wonder how many of us this morning really think about uh, whenever problems and things come in our life, whether they're good or bad, do we really think about praying for them? Amen? I'm reminded of that song where the songwriter says, oh, what? 
what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And so he deals with the scope of prayer. And then he deals with the very standard of prayer. He said, in everything by prayer. Now, when you say the word prayer, you're, you're talking about intercession, you're talking about supplication, you're talking about communion, you're talking about, listen, agonizing with God. Everything that prayer is, is summed up. The standard in our life should be prayer. You might be here this morning and say, well, preacher, why is that so important in my life? I'm going to tell you why that's important. Because, friend, the further we go in this Christian life, do you realize that one day our finances are going to fail us? One day, listen, you say, well, I got money in the bank. Yeah, but you don't know what we're going to face tomorrow. I mean, the stock market could, uh, uh, could crash tomorrow. You could wind up with some kind of, kind of terminal illness that could take every bit of your life savings. There's a lot of things that could happen. Finances one day will not be there to sustain us. Now listen, all the money in the world cannot keep you and I alive. Isn't that right? Family, friends, all these other things, even ministry and church. Uh, but when it comes down to the end of life, the one thing that you and I can still have is our prayer life. Amen. And that's the standard of life that we as Christians are to live by. We should live our life by prayer. And I see the scope of prayer. I see the standard of prayer. But also in this verse, I see the seriousness of prayer. Notice that he said it, but in everything by prayer and watch this, supplication. Amen. What is supplication? Well, I want to tell you this morning that supplication is earnest prayer and petition. It's going beyond just praying, but it's when you and I get earnest about things. Every Christian here this morning should be earnestly praying about something or someone. Amen? There ought to be things that we pray about and then there ought to be things that we have that we earnestly pray about. Listen, there ought to be supplication in our life, things that we're burdened for. Amen. A lot of times, Brother Chris, I don't see, in this life, we don't see many Christians burdened about anything anymore. We need a burden, don't we, today? Amen. Psalms 126 and verse 5 said, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy, and he that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with it. There ought to be some tears in our prayer, in our prayer closet. Amen? And he talks about the seriousness of prayer. Do you agonize with God? Are you earnestly praying about something or someone? We should be serious about prayer. And then there's the seasoning of prayer. Notice he said that by in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Now that's our thought this morning. Everything that we pray about should be seasoned with thanksgiving. We as Christians should not live our life defeated and discouraged. And you say, well, I've got burdens in my life. Yes, but as, as Paul is fixing to deal with that here in just a moment, we ought to still have a thankful heart and a thankful attitude. You ever get around people that says they're saved and they depress you all the time? Amen. You ever see people in church when they, they just look depressed the whole service? I'm telling you, I don't want to live my Christian life like that. God's been too good to me. Uh, listen, if salvation does anything for you, you ought to at least be able to put a smile on your face. Amen? You saw, but I'm burdened. And I, and I understand you can be burdened, but you can be happy at the same time. God never wants us to be depressed. And he never wants us to pull others around us down. He wants us to be a blessing. He wants us to be an encouragement. We shouldn't be, a, a listen, a negative Nelly or, or a grumpy Gary or however you want to put it. But we ought to be positive. God is on the throne. And we ought to be some joy in our heart if we're living and walking in the Spirit of God. And I see the seasoning of prayer that prayer should cause us. 
we should season our prayer with thanksgiving. And then I see here the subject of prayer. Notice he said in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Notice this. He said, let your request be made known unto God. I'll tell you something. That's the subject of all prayer is that we ought to take our petitions and we should take our requests and our desires and we should make them known unto God. You know, a lot of times we make them known unto men, but we don't make them known unto God. I thank God for people in this room that I have confidence in that can pray. But the responsibility of prayer is not for me to go and to give it to someone else. The responsibility of prayer, the subject of my prayer life is that I ought to have a list. I ought to have a prayer book. You should have a prayer diary and we should take those lists, those requests, and we should make them known to God. Not just here and there and now and then, but listen, we ought to every day, you ought to have a prayer list, amen? I was preaching with a preacher uh, several years ago and he made this statement. He was talking about prayer and I never forgot it. He said, if you don't have a prayer list, he said, I can just about guarantee you you don't have a prayer life. You know that's true. Because if we pray just any time or sometimes, listen, it's been said uh, when any time, oftentimes, any time and sometimes, you know what that comes? Becomes, it becomes no time. When we pray, when we say, well, I'm going to make one of these days, you know, if I can get everything done, I'm going to spend some time in prayer. That ain't how prayer works for him. You've got to have a set time. You've got to make time if you're going to pray. That means you've got to get out of bed in the morning. Somebody say, you say, but preacher, I got to get up early and go to work. Well, you got to get up 30 minutes extra early or 15 or 45 minutes extra early. You say, but that's hard. Yes, but we, we make the sacrifice for things that are important. The reason you get up early and go to work is because that's important to you. It's of a necessity. Ain't that right? Well, prayer is every bit as much of a necessity in our life as anything else that takes place. Prayer for the Christian is every bit as important as breathing air or putting food in your body. And Paul is talking about prayer here, but he said prayer and supplication must be seasoned with thanksgiving. Now, a lot of times the reason we pray defeated is because we're not thankful. And notice I said we when I say that. Friend, if you want God, if you want to have revival in your prayer life, season it with thanksgiving. I'm going to tell you this morning, Paul lays out some things here that a thanksgiving prayer or a prayer of thanksgiving will do for every one of us. And I want you to see them here first of all. I want you to notice in verse number four that the prayer of thanksgiving will cause us to worship. Amen. Notice he said in verse number four, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. You might be here this morning and say, well, I don't have a lot of rejoicing in me. But I want to make you a promise. If you'll go home this afternoon and if you'll, listen, if you'll get alone by yourself and get on your knees and if you'll start praying to God and don't just pray but start thanking God start thanking God for what he has done start remembering some things that God has done in your life remember some past victories remember some past requests that God has answered for you and then start thanking him for the things that he's doing right now in your life I'm telling you there's enough going on right now in our life that God is doing at the very present moment we could all be shouting the victory over amen you know what that'll help you do It'll help you through faith begin to thank God in the future for not what he has done and what not what he is doing, but thank God for what he's going to do. Amen? And brother, I'm telling you, it'll cause you to worship God on a daily basis. The prayer of thanksgiving causes us to worship. 
I think the reason we come to church a lot of times and people sit there, listen, graveyard dead is because there's no worship activity going on in a daily basis, so therefore it's not real on a weekly basis on Sunday. Amen. I'm telling you, if you get along with God and you start thanking God on a daily basis, you know what? You'll come to church ready to worship, amen? You'll come to church ready to sing songs. It won't matter what kind of day you've had or what kind of week you've had. God is bigger than any of our problems this morning and we should rejoice in the Lord always, amen? Not just when we feel like it. I remember an old preacher, Brother Lloyd Guffey, used to say this. He said there's only two times to praise God and that's when you feel like it and when you don't, amen? And can I tell you something? You ought to thank God. It doesn't matter, listen, what kind of uh, listen, what kind of trial you may be facing or going through. I'm telling you, the Bible says rejoice in the Lord, not sometimes, not, not most of the time, but Paul said rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. You know, you don't have to have a feeling when you've been given a command. Amen. Well, we're not a charismatic church. Somebody say Amen. I know there's a lot of good holiness people and charismatic people I know that are saved and I believe they love God every bit as much as we do and uh, I believe they're saved. They just don't know they're saved eternally. Amen? Uh, But you know something? Listen, we're not charismatic. It's Baptists on that sign out there. And I tell you, listen, Baptists can rejoice and we don't always have to feel something. I I like to feel the presence of God. I like to feel what God's doing in my heart. I like to see God working in my life. But real rejoicing is when I can't feeling and when I can't see him but I just go ahead by faith and I worship him even when it looks like he's not doing anything I'm just going to go ahead and worship him because that's what the Bible has commanded me to do it's commanded me to rejoice in the Lord amen you young boys ought to all say amen isn't that right I'm telling you, everybody here ought to raise their hand every now and then and praise God. You ought to rejoice in the Lord. You don't have to act like me and I don't have to act like you, but we ought to act like him. Isn't that right? And friend, it's not just about church. I'm telling you, when you go to work on Monday morning, a lost and dying world needs to see you worship God. Worship ought to be in our words, our vocabulary. Worship ought to be, listen, when we're down at Walmart and we bump into somebody and we have an opportunity to to tell them about Jesus, there ought to be an attitude of gratitude about how good God is in our life. Do you know some people, you're not going to win them by taking and just beating them over the head? I believe we ought to take a stand and we ought to have convictions. I believe that. But I think what the world is looking for is a few things. I think, number one, they are looking for some Christians that have some convictions. They don't have any confidence in this worldly Christianity that says you can do as you please and I'm no different than you. If you're saved by testimony, saint, we should be different from the world. Amen? Right. But then we can't, that enough is not, is not good enough alone. They ought to see compassion. They ought to see, and listen, compassion is not compromise. Amen? They ought to see us caring. They ought to see, they ought to see some happiness. I, I'm telling you, listen, I've met a few Christians along this way. If, if I was a lost person, and if that's what Christianity did to you, I wouldn't want any part of it because they look miserable. They always look sad-faced. They always look like they're depressed. They always look like they're chewing briars. Amen? They look like they're 
to eat about a quarter sauerkraut every morning for breakfast. And I thought, man, if that's what salvation would do to you, if I was lost, I wouldn't want it. And I'm telling you, there ought to be some joy in our life. The Bible said the joy of the Lord is our strength. And brother, what we need back in our churches is not more, I do, do believe we need more convictions and standards. We don't need to let worldliness in, but I'm going to tell you what we need as much as that. We need some joy that'll go along with what we believe and why we believe it. Now, the proof is this. If you're doing what you're doing because you love Jesus and not to be seen of men, then you'll worship God and have joy. Amen? It won't make you miserable. It'll make you happy. I'm saying this morning, the prayer of thanksgiving causes us to worship. You can get on your knees at home and begin to talk to God and pray about things. And you may be praying about things that you're burdened about. But when you season that prayer with thanksgiving, listen, friend, it is impossible to pray and not worship. Worship is prayer. And prayer is worship. And friend, that's what we need in our daily life. Prayer, uh, the prayer of thanksgiving will cause us to worship. Not only that, notice with me in the next verse that the prayer of thanksgiving will create a witness as he said let your moderation be known unto all men the Lord is at hand now when problems and trials come in our life we ought to not go around sad and depressed we're not going around defeated, amen. I see some people, they love drama and whenever problems come, it's all about them. It shouldn't be about us, amen. The world doesn't need to see us going through problems. They need to see him working in us as we go through a problem. They need to see us strong in faith. They need to see us still have joy. I know sometimes our heart may be breaking. I know sometimes we may be discouraged, uh, but we cannot show that to the world. Friend, we need to be strong in our faith. We need to let let the peace of God rule our heart. That's what the witness that the world needs. We need to see trials as an opportunity to witness to this world that the God that we serve in the on the mountaintop and in the sunshine is the same God that'll walk with us through the valleys of life. Amen. Amen. You know, I've witnessed that as a Christian. I've witnessed that in this church. And I would say to every young person, every I would say to every person in this church that's 50 years of age and under, Hear me well this morning. Look around at some of these saints that's been here for years. You don't see them with the mully grubs, do you? I got one amen when I said that. You don't see them down and out and discouraged. I tell you, I could sit down next to Brother Charles Roach this morning, and I guarantee you that I could get a blessing talking to him. And he's not going to dwell on himself and the trials and troubles that he's been through in life. He's going to tell, I've been around him too long to know. He's going to say, boy, God's been good. Amen. Amen. And I'm sure this morning he's got many things just like the rest of us that he could tell me that would just pull me way down. And as a Christian, as a pastor, down through the years, I'm glad God has let me observe that in more mature Christians. That's a sign of maturity when you don't feel sorry for yourself all the time, when it's not about you, when you're not depressed all the time. That's still good preaching, amen? I'm just telling you this morning that it will create a witness in us, not just to the world, but we ought to be a witness to one another, amen? We ought to be able to show strong faith one to another. I see others in this, uh, in this congregation that I could tell I think about Miss Pauline Petty who's in the nursing home. And listen, Miss Pauline, you could go by and it didn't matter. Listen, I'm talking about she's buried children. She has buried a husband. She has been through great sorrows of life. But I remember one thing, if I remember anything about her, you could go to her and say, Miss Pauline, how you doing? She said, well, I'm doing wonderful, preacher. And sometimes she can't be doing wonderful. She can't be doing that.
that good all the time. Well, let me back up. Yes, she can. I'm telling you, when you let Jesus uh, uh, be Lord of your life and whenever you're wanting to serve him and be a witness, it doesn't matter how deep the trial is or how deep the valley is. Uh, he's the healing balm of Gilead, amen, in our life. I'm saying that a prayer of thanksgiving will create a witness in you. It will cause you to worship. It'll create a witness. And then I want to say this, it'll conquer your worry. He said in verse number six, be careful for nothing. Don't worry. Don't have anxiety about anything. Don't be one of these people that live with your finger on the panic button all the time. Amen. Amen. Don't be one of these people that, that spend your days uh, worrying about the what ifs of tomorrow and worrying about what could happen down the road. Uh, you know, I used to go to church with a guy that I'm telling you, listen, and if you listen to this program, that, that's fine. I just don't, I, re, I choose not to listen to it. I won't even call the radio the name, but there was a program, a Christian uh, program that he listened to every day when he got off work on his way home. And I would get around him and, and all the time and we'd come to church and he would tell me what he listened to on this program. And I'm talking about a Christian program and you know what I found out two things about it number one it was never good amen it was always something terrible doomsday the world's coming to an end well we've known that for 6,000 years you don't got to put that on the radio and tell us we already know that the world's, but he would tell me something terrible about the world and how it was coming. Number one, it was always terrible. Number two, 99% of it never came to pass. And he would listen to this broadcast every day on his way home. And I'm thinking, man, when I get out from work uh, and I come out of that meal, I sure didn't want to hear doomsday. I mean, I'm just glad not to be slaving inside a carpet mill, uh, you know, on the way home and be glad. And I'm telling you, he'd start, start telling me something at church and say, man, I heard this this week and I heard that. You know, sometimes you'd, you'd be amazed. You could have revival if you quit reading the paper, watching news, and just get your nose in the Bible. I'm not saying stick your head in the sand, but I'm telling you, if you listen to that mess day, in and day out, you will think the world's coming to an end. But Paul said here in this text, he said, let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, amen. You say, preacher, how can you not worry about things? Well, I do worry about things, but it's a sin and I have to give it to God and ask him to forgive me of it. Is that true this morning? Brother, I'm telling you this morning, you can worry about your job. You can worry about your family. I, I think about, I, you know, and I understand we got to be careful. But I see kids nowadays, they, they can't hardly have any fun anymore. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, their parents has got them in a bubble. And I'm not talking about watching, watching, uh, watching them from predators and things like that. But I'm telling you, man, when, I was, when we was a kid, we got outside and played. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And the kids nowadays, they, they, they never see the light of sun unless they go, you know, to the store or something. When I was a kid growing up, we got outside and we played till daylight till dark, you know, and we had a good time and we didn't have to wear a helmet when we rode a bicycle. Somebody say amen right there or knee pads or any of that other kind of stuff, you know. I'm telling you, that's just the way it was. But now, I mean, kids, uh, listen, their parents won't let them hardly do anything. I mean, listen, if I told you some of the things I did as a kid, I mean, I don't need to be, I shouldn't be incarcerated for it, but I sure should be in trouble for it, amen, I mean just having fun as a, as a kid and, and you know what, now we live in a day when they've got a, a, a diagnosis for everything, you know, I mean no, listen, we live in a time when people are so on edge about everything that happens in life whatever happened to just trusting God with some things 
just enjoying life and knowing that, hey, the Lord is at hand. I'm not saying if it's lightning, go stand outside and, you know, use some common sense. But I'm talking about at the same time, we have more and we worry more about it, don't we? We worry about our future. We worry about, you think about your mother, your grandmother. Uh, listen, your father, your grandfather. They, they lived a simple life and they worried less about things in life. Uh, they just trusted God. And sometimes in life, that's all you can do is just trust God. It needs to be out of our hands and in his hands. Uh, but he says here that when we begin to thank God, that prayer of thanksgiving, it not only causes us to worship, it not only creates a witness, but hear me, friend, it will cause us to conquer worry in our life. Amen. You know, those who worry the most are those that pray the least. And I see that not only does a prayer of thanksgiving conquer worry, but I see here that it confounds wisdom. As he said in verse number 7, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something this morning? Many times in life, we try to figure out our problems, our circumstances. We plan things, and I think you should plan things. But I'm going to tell you something. Plans don't go, always go. Things don't always go the way we planned them to. Sometimes God's plans interrupts our plans. And when those things happen and we don't understand and we don't know what God's doing and we don't know why this happened or why that happened, notice what the Bible says, that when we pray the prayer of thanksgiving and we let our request be made known to God, he said, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, notice this, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something? There's been times I didn't know why God allowed this to happen. I didn't know why God did this. And I'd begin to pray and my heart would be broken. But in that prayer, I would say, God, I don't know what you're doing or why you're doing it, but I want to go ahead and thank you because I know that you know what's best. I know that you're in complete control. Can I tell you what would happen? Not 99% of the time and not not 90% of the time, but can I tell you what would happen 100% of the time when I would pray that prayer? The peace of God would flood my soul. I'm telling you in that moment when I would turn it over to God and say, God, I don't know why you've done this. I don't know why you've allowed this to happen. But I just want to go ahead and tell you that I know that you know what's right. I know you know what's best. I know that you make no mistakes. And I know that your will is perfect. And I accept it. And I thank you for it. It's in that moment, friend. I'm telling you, listen, just like I said before, that healing bomb of Gilead, God will put peace in my heart, peace in my mind. And somehow, I can't explain it. It's beyond wisdom. It's beyond reasoning. But I can tell you God has taken care of it and everything's going to be okay. Isn't that the God we serve? He don't have to give us a reason. He don't have to give us an explanation. He's just big enough to reach down and put peace and speak peace to our heart and our mind and soothe our spirit and our soul this morning. He knows. He knows this morning. And he's in control of all things. You say, Brother Gravely, I want that peace. There's something I'm, I'm burdened about. There's something I'm praying about. There's something that's troubling me. I want that peace. I'm going to tell you where it starts, friend. With the prayer of thanksgiving. When you get on your knees and say, Lord, I want to thank you. And I want to praise you. Because you're God. And besides you, there's none other. 
I just want to go ahead and thank you, Lord, that you are in control of this situation and that you know the way that I'll take. And when you've tried me, I'll come forth as gold. God, I'm trusting you. I'm telling you, it'll change your life, friend. It will make a difference in your situation. I'm not just preaching. I've not an authority on it. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm not just preaching something to be preaching. I'm telling you, I've witnessed it. I've experienced it. And I know it's real. How many times that my heart has been so heavy. But God would... He, David said he's the lifter up of my head. And I've seen him do that. Has God ever lifted your head up? On your knees, just reach down. You could feel that heavenly hand grab you by the chin and lift your spirit. And I'm going to tell you, lift more than your head. He lifts your soul and your mind. And you come out of that prayer closet with victory. And you said, I know he's heard my earnest prayer. And I want to thank him for it. While we stand this morning, Brother David's going to sing. If you need to come, you mind God.